Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am your girl, Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy, Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports. And as you can see, if you can see, he's at the facility because he's the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And so we have made it, Cordell. Week one is officially here. Uh, We are just a few days away from kickoff, and it is an exciting time around here. And let's start with the game uh, for week one. The Ravens host the Houston Texans, who come to town with a rookie coach and DeMarco, uh, DeMarco, D'Amico Ryans, (laughs) and uh, C.J. Stroud as their quarterback. So we know that John Harbaugh is essentially undefeated against rookie head coaches. We know that he has a great record against rookie quarterbacks as well. What do you see uh, playing out in Sunday's game or, or the keys to Sunday's game? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's week one for everybody. There's going to be some good things happening. There's going to be some bad things happening. Um, typically, you see defenses struggle a little bit in week one because tackling can be an issue. Some of the little small mechanical things aren't necessarily showing up early. But I, I would say for the Ravens, I think they—I don't think they could ask for a better Week One opponent right now. You know, they don't play their starters in the preseason. The Ravens don't, so this is essentially a great opportunity for their starters to kind of get their feet wet. And I'm not trying to overlook the Texans. This is still an NFL team, right? But the reality is, the Texans aren't one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, in fact, they're one of the worst teams. <laughs> in the NFL. So, I mean, I don't expect them to look any different on Sunday. Um, now, look, there's some things that probably could worry you. I always say you got you to gotta be on your P's and Q's when you're going against, A, a rookie quarterback in their first game, and B, a rookie quarterback that has a little mobility, which C.J. Stroud has. He's not Lamar Jackson back there, but he's also not a statue. Um, so you, you you don't really know what his true tendencies are. You don't really know what to expect. This is a new coaching staff. This there's a lot of new going on in Houston. So week one, and John Harbaugh talked about this the other day. Week one is kind of where 
you you know, teams are focused, should be focusing on themselves. What do we do well? Because it's not a lot of film on a team like the Texans. Right. Um, and, you know, so it's, 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 it's going to be a little tougher to actually game plan for them through film. But I think the Ravens know what they have. Um, they're going to play to who they are and we'll get a chance to really get some of the answers you hope or start to get some of the answers to the questions that we have about this Ravens team going into the season. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, you know, that, like you said, that there's, there's a lot of new parts on this team, you know, in, in terms of the quarterback situation, who obviously, again, I mentioned CJ Stroud coming out of Ohio state. So really all you have to use is a college film. That's all you have. You don't have NFL tape um, to tell you what type of player he's going to be as of yet in the league. Um, and this is still a very young team. Their offensive line um, is not going to be that great. And so um, I, I, I want to bring that up because I would like to say that if the Ravens defense, particularly the defensive line, has a great day, I'm not saying that it's that they're that's how they're gonna, that, that that's they're not good. Let me say that. I'm saying that I want you to take heed that this offensive line of the Houston Texans is not good. So it's very possible that they might make them look a much better than what they really are. And they're really not going to find out until week two against the Bengals. Right. But from that perspective, you got to capitalize. You know, if you have weaknesses, if you if you're having a team that has weaknesses, you have to capitalize off of those weaknesses. This is a great time to to bring in the pressure, something that we really didn't see much in the preseason. So it's this is a great time to dial it up a little bit, get him rattled a little bit. Yes, CJ Stroud can move, you know, so it's not like he can't get out of the pocket. We've seen him do it. But ultimately, you still don't want him to get comfortable in the pocket. And so you have to take advantage of those things. And obviously, on the other side of the ball, yes, they got some they got some youth up front as well. They use one of their top draft picks um, for a top defensive guy. But they, again, still a guy who has not played an NFL snap yet, a regular season snap yet. So we really don't know how that's going to portray. So you have to take advantage of him also being a rookie as well and try to take advantage of that defense. So, you know, I, I do agree with you that this is a good start for them because the starters did not play preseason games. And again, I'm with you. I'm not saying that the Texans are a preseason game. I'm simply saying that they're an opponent that many people see being one of the worst teams in the NFL until further notice. So you have to take advantage while you can. The Ravens are currently 10 point favorites, which I hate. I'm going to be honest. They're the only team currently that has a double digit spread. And if you are a betting person, typically they don't cover, which bothers me a little bit. But maybe in this instance, because it's week one and we know that they're very dominant in week one and all the other uh, additives that comes with the Texans for this week one matchup, then they'll handily win this game. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Ravens themselves are a pretty dominant team in week one. Lamar has been great historically in week one. Um, so I, it's at home. They're they're they are fairly healthy for the most part. I mean, Marlon Humphrey obviously right now is missing time, but they did get Mark Andrews back on the practice field on Wednesday, um, which looks like a great sign for him being out there on Sunday, which truly was never in doubt in my mind, at least. Um, so look, I'm, I'm expecting the Ravens to go out there and honestly take care of business. I don't know if they're going to cover that 10 point spread, but I do think it'll be a game where, 
they should kind of be comfortable at the end of the game winning this one. I mean, I'm not – again, I'm not trying to overlook the Texans, but I'm going to just call it like it is. The Texans aren't good. I they're think. not good. It, and that's okay to not, say, right? Good. All right. They're, they're not good. Um, everybody knows it, so I'm not breaking news right now. But you do worry if, – if, if, if there is a slither of a chance for the Texans, it's going to be through the air probably. Like you said, the O-line isn't great right now. They're dealing with a lot of injuries on their own. But they do have some guys that can catch passes. They've got Nico Collins out there yep. that made plays for them last year. Um, I like Tank Dale, the fresh, the, the rookie that they got this year. Um, I also they, they also have uh, Robert Woods out there, a savvy veteran wide receiver who knows how to get open. So and they signed Dalton Schultz, uh, the tight end from the Cowboys this all yep. season, which was a really nice pickup. So they've got some guys that can play. Damian Pierce had a really good year as a rookie last year out of the yep. backfield. I mean, this defense is going to have their moments where they are going to be tested. You know, the, the Texans aren't just going to come out there and roll over. And defensively, I mean, look, D'Amico Ryans was the defensive coordinator for one of the best defenses in the league in San Francisco. So I would imagine that maybe they're not going to be the Niners defense, but they're going to embody some of those principles. They're going to, you know, try to come out there and play well for their new head coach. So it's not going to be an easy game for 60 minutes. But I do think when it's all said and done, they may not cover the spread, but I, I think they'll win pretty comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely – look, if they don't cover the spread, it's probably because at the end of the game they might have taken their foot off the gas a little bit, you know, because right. they felt like that their their lead was, um, you know, not threatened, right? But ultimately I do think that the Ravens have a lot of firepower. I would not also expect – excuse me. I also would not expect them to just come out being, you know, looking put together. OK, mm-hmm. I say that because I remember last year against the New York Jets, they had a first half that was a little shaky. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that a lot of the starters didn't play in preseason like this year. So I would not be surprised if it takes a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half for them to start really coming along and getting together. Now, if they if they are perfect, hey, prove me wrong. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going by the history of what they look like previously when they not played in the preseason they've come off a little rusty and then you know once they get the ball rolling they get to rolling the second half in that Jets game last year they started rolling up you know moving along so I think it's fair to say that if they start off a little rocky it's understandable right they really didn't have a lot of uh, snaps outside of like the the commanders coming in and having mm-hmm. that joint practice. So, you know, this is going to be really their first action all together. And if Mark Andrews is able to play, well, this is the first time all of them are going to be together at the same time on a practice field at all. And so I think that that's something that we have to just watch. But I definitely think that even with that, their talent level is just too much to match for the Houston Texans. It really would take the Ravens basically beating themselves, in my opinion, for the Texans to come out with a win in this game. Yeah, I I mean, I'm right there with you. And the the more I try to convince myself that this is probably going to be a close game, it's not. Uh, I mean, I'm... (laughs) Is this so you... So so if it's close, you're like, see, I knew that this was going to happen and you weren't surprised. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I, I honestly don't I don't think it will be. I don't think the Texans will be able to score uh, with the Ravens. And um, I, I expect this offense to kind of come out 
firing a little bit. I think that they're going to try to spread the field as we saw them do in the preseason. Um, I think Lamar is going to be anxious to try to throw the ball to some of his new weapons that he has. So I think that this could be a game where the offense kind of comes out looking like a juggernaut, especially yeah. while the defense is kind of going through some things. So um, I, I, we, I guess we're, we're doing predictions uh, right now. Um, Coming up. Coming up, we will talk about okay. our predictions. We'll tell you what we th- – well, well, obviously, we know – I believe you and I are just going to basically say we believe the Ravens got this, right? I mean, in terms yeah. of that prediction, do you have any other prediction other than the Ravens and Skull dragging the Houston Texans? <laughs> I mean, no, nah, I, I was going to – I was going to give a borderline score. Uh, okay, but of course my, 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 my scores probably won't be right, but I was thinking uh, maybe like 30 to 14, 30, okay. 14. So uh, you, I believe they are, the over is 43 and a half. Mm-hmm. So you believe that they will go with the over. Thanks to the Ravens. Okay. Yes. All right, cool. So Cordell has them winning 34, 13. Um, I'm 30 to 14. At, I'm sorry, 30 to 14. So mm-hmm. I am going to have them uh, winning um, 27 to 7. Mm. So we both got them covering. Yeah. So, well, well if that, it's 30 to 10, I don't have them covering. <laughs> I got the under. Well, maybe not the over-under, but the uh, I meant the, the spread. Yeah. Yeah. The 10-point spread. Yeah. Yes. We so, both have blowouts. Yes, yes. From the spread perspective, that's correct. Uh, we both have them taking the plus, uh, excuse me, the minus 10. So that is our predictions. We'll talk about our season predictions coming up next. All right, Cordell. So in addition to the AFC North, which is going to be probably one of the hardest divisions in the NFL, you have some other teams that they're going to play. They're going to play the, uh, excuse me, the NFC West. They'll be playing the NFC West. They'll also be playing the AFC South. And we know that the NFC West includes the Cardinals, uh, includes the San Francisco 49ers, the Rams, uh, and then you have teams in the AFC South, like the Jaguars, whom the Ravens lost to last year, Tennessee. Of course, we know Houston um, as well, and Indianapolis. So uh, with some other teams sprinkled here and there, you got the Detroit Lions in there. Um, But given knowing that they'll be playing the AFC North, of course, that's six games, NFC West, and I don't even think I mentioned Seattle. I apologize. Seattle is up in there in the NFC West and the AFC South. When you look at this team and you look at their schedule for this season, I want to get I want you to give your best case scenario for what the Ravens could come out looking like. So I don't want to be cliche. Um, because of, of course, every team's best case scenario is the Super Bowl, right? right. Um, but is that the Ravens' true ceiling? The Super Bowl? It could be. I mean, it, it could be. They've they've added a lot of weapons offensively. We've seen them do a lot with less in the past. Yep. Um, and now that they actually have something going on, now it's intriguing. Uh, you would imagine best case scenario would include good health. So guys like Rashad Bateman, who has been battling with the list, Frank, you would imagine, okay, he's healthy for the most part of the season. Odell Beckham, who has battled injuries throughout his career, you're imagining he's healthy for the most part. 
Lamar Jackson, who's missed the back end of the last two years. Obviously, if they're going to do anything, number eight's going to have to be on the field. Yep. Um. So, and, and defensively, you just hope that they're able to just get it done. Um. I, I, you know, they don't have to be tops in the league and and pass rush. They don't have to be tops in the league and and force turnovers, but they, the Ravens just always find a way. If they can keep teams from getting in the end zone, if they can force enough turnovers, which they got back to doing last year, doing a pretty good job in the turnover department, um, I, I think they'll be fine. And so health is the biggest thing surrounding this team. So I'm going to say best case scenario is that they're healthy. And if they're healthy, I do believe they'll be one of the last teams standing in the AFC. I think they could go as far as the AFC championship, to be honest with you. Now, do I have them beating a team like the the Chiefs, who I have to give them their credit because they're always there, um, or any of these other teams because it's a lot of good teams in the AFC this year? They could. They could. You know, could they outlast the Bengals in a playoff game with Lamar Jackson on the field? I believe they could. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I would say they're – best case scenario is to have their injury prone players healthy for the most part and to also reach the AFC championship. What, how many wins does that come up with? I, uh, I still believe that this can, that this is an 11 win team. They may not win the division with 11 wins. That so that's your best will, case scenario that they let, that they win. 11. Yeah. Yeah. Your best case. I think best case in I, okay. I, I think best case is, is 11 um, because I don't think that they necessarily have to win the division to be a team that's in the AFC championship game. They could just be, you know, they could finish the season as one of the better teams. Uh, maybe they lose the division by a game or something like that due to a loss in the division earlier in the season. Um, but I, I still think they have a pretty, I mean, I'm not going to say a super tough schedule, but they have their spots in their schedule where it, it, it's going to be a little tough. So um, starting the season off without Marlon is an ideal, uh, but I, I think that they could, st- I, I still think it's 11 wins and then getting hot in January. Okay. For me, um, I'll talk about the worst case scenario here because you mentioned the best, which is at least making to an AFC championship. Uh, for me, I think the worst case scenario is, is that obviously if you don't have Lamar again for a, a third consecutive year, um, that's going to kill your chances as far as how far you, you'd be able to go in the playoffs. But ultimately, whether he's here or not, if somehow the Ravens end up winning nine games and are like nine and eight, um, fighting for a, a wild card spot or even not getting a wild card spot. That is the worst case scenario because I do understand that the schedule is hard, particularly on the second half of the season. It you, you It is brutal when you look at who they play. Um, they play Jacksonville. They play the Chargers. They play the 49ers. They play their division. So I completely understand how hard the schedule is uh, when you start looking at it, that being said, all of the things that they've done and all of the the pieces that they've put together, you know, paying Odell the money that they paid him and giving Lamar the contract that he's looking for and, you know, all of these things, you really have to say if these guys can't produce offensively, which is going to be easily the best offensive group that Lamar has had since he's been a Raven, if they can't muster up more than nine wins, 
then that's problematic. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be all on the offense. I said the offense first because obviously we know that this is an offensive driven league. And so you the more uh, chances that you have to win in games is going to be the more chances of offenses, you know, being high profile, being able to put up a lot of points. That's really is going to help you win games. But we know that defense has to do their job. And the problem that many people are concerned about is how well is this defense? We know that Roquan Smith is a, a phenomenal player. We're still very uh, skeptical about that front and particularly the outside linebacker group in the pass rush. There's some skepticism there. We don't really know what that's going to be like. The cornerback group, as good as the safeties are and Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton, we still have question marks in terms of what are they going to do without Marlon Humphrey, who you hope is not going to be gone long, but nonetheless, he won't be here a couple of games in the season. How does that affect them in the back end? And, you know, knock on wood, if someone gets injured during the season, well, what does the depth look like on the back end? So these are all real concerns that people have that I do think affects what this team looks like. And I do think that 9-8 and trying to find a playoff uh, slot or not making the playoffs is the worst case scenario because when you look at the talent level, Cordell, on paper, they're too talented to not make the playoffs. They're too talented to be fighting for a spot in the playoffs. That being said, we know that the AFC is the gauntlet. I mean, it's literally just everybody fighting to get a spot. There's so many good teams and that the Ravens are going to have to fight for their spot. So to me, that's going to be the worst case scenario, right? You give Lamar all these weapons and if he stays healthy and they still don't produce, not into the the way that people expect them to, they went 14 and two with a rookie and Marquise Brown Willie Sneed, you know, other guys that, that people don't even remember. I don't even remember the other guys that was on the team that, that mm-hmm. in that 2019 year. But you know the guys currently right now. You know who Odell Beckham Jr. is. I don't care if he's had a knee injury. You still know who he is, and you still know the level of play he can present. Mark Andrews is still one of the top tight ends in this league. J.K. Dobbins is led the league in yards per carry. We still know that they have good players on this team. So if they are underwhelming and somehow they find themselves scratching for a playoff spot, to me, that is the worst case scenario outside of not making the playoffs at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. And, and if they're scratching and calling for a playoff spot, it's not going to feel good because, like you said, the AFC is so loaded. There are going to be good teams that don't make it into the postseason in the AFC. I, yep. I believe that. And um, the Ravens don't want to be that team. I don't want to see what that looks like uh, for the Ravens to miss the playoffs this year after they go out and give Lamar the contract, after they go out and get Odell Beckham. They, you know, they drive, they fly. There's all the buzz that's surrounding this team right now. I don't think anybody can afford that type of letdown for them to not only be fighting for the postseason, but to miss the postseason uh, possibly. But like you said, I, I think this is too good of a team um, for them to, uh, to to miss out on the postseason. They, they, they've just got too many weapons. Like I said earlier, they've done so well with less. I have to imagine that they're going to be better now that they actually have some true talent at some of the more important positions on the offensive side of the ball. And it's not all about offense, but I mean, in today's game, it's yep. a lot about offense. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot about it. 
it's an offensive driven league. I mean, like literally the, the you know, the penalties are for the offense's favor and everything. Mm-hmm. So if you don't capitalize off of that with all of the things that you've done this offseason, to me, that is the ultimate failure. But in speaking of which about this team and who we think will rise to the occasion for week one, who do you see that is going to step up and do some big things for the Ravens against the Texans? So uh, this is a guy that I think uh, a lot has been a lot of talk about this offseason, probably not all positive uh, because of what's gone on. But J.K. Dobbins, I, I'm looking for J.K. to kind of come out and prove that he's worth whatever he's asking for, whatever t- type of money he's looking for. He, he needs to prove that a, he's healthy. And B, that he can be a workhorse type of back. He can be a true RB1. And I think he's kind of the best-kept secret of this Ravens offense. We talk a lot about Lamar, rightfully so. We talk a lot about these wide receivers, especially the new wide receivers. And everybody talks about how the Ravens are going to pass more. It could be a little bit of a smokescreen for J.K. Dobbins, you know, because I think it's easy to forget about him. Yep. And he's shown in his career he is an efficient runner. He This is a guy that's averaged close to six yards a carry. So he doesn't need, uh, even though he would love to have it, he doesn't need a lot of carries to make a huge impact in the game. And I do expect his carries to go up this year. I'm not saying that I think it's going to go He's averaging 25 to 30 carries a game. I think it may creep into the low 20s, maybe 21 carries or something like that. And maybe not even every game. Game flow will dictate a lot of what they do. Um, But I do think J.K. Dobbins is going to have himself the best year of his career uh, this year. And he's a guy that if – I mean, I know we're not necessarily talking fantasy football, but if you do play fantasy football, I would say J.K. Dobbins is one of those sleeper backs that, that you could probably get great value for too. I agree with that. I definitely think that J.K. is going to um, just have a really solid year uh, because I think that he's a very, very solid player. So I think that that will come easy for me. I'm, I'm going to give you one. You gave me one. I'll give you one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. I, I think that Zay, um, I understand that he has three, you know, three other guys ahead of him. Right. He has OBJ ahead of him. He has Rashad Bateman ahead of him and even Mark Andrews. I completely understand. But I love the idea of defenses being confused on who they're going to to guard. And if you leave Zay and some like one-on-one space, I just think that that's going to be a long day for defensive backs. Um, and so I don't think that he'll get like many touches. I don't think that he'll get the targets might not go his way, but I think that when he does get the targets and when he does get the catches, it's going to be something spectacular. I I just think that he's that good of a player. And I think that he commands, um, he really commands more attention than he's probably going to get because again, defenses are going to have to figure out who's more important. So you might let the rookie slide. Yeah, but that rookie is really good with getting yards after the catch. And so I think that um, the the touches that he does get, I think he's going to be impactful. Um, in that regard. So he's going to probably be the unsung hero. It's always usually someone that you don't really expect, I think. So mm-hmm. I'll give that to Zay. Who else you got? So I'll go on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think Matabike could end up making his impact felt in this game. He had a really good week one last year against the Jets. 
So did Broderick Washington. Um, but I, I think Matabike is going to get this season started really well for himself. Another guy that's in a contract year. I'm, I'm on the contract year, guys. You know, I'm, I, I think that the contract year guys for the Ravens are going to have some big years this year. And yep. I think Matabike is going to be a force in both the run game and the passing game, or at least I'm hoping he will be this year. He had five and a half sacks last year. Does that go up? Maybe. We'll see how it goes because I do believe it's going to be a pass rush by committee again um, for the Ravens. So Matt Abike is a guy that I'm excited to see on Sunday. Just want to see him wreak havoc. No Calais now, so he's kind of the guy in the middle. Is he going to take full, um, full uh, what should I say, uh, advantage, take full advantage of his opportunity to kind of be the Ravens' main guy in the middle and go get himself some money? We'll see. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm with you though. Like, you know, contract players typically have one of their best seasons. We talked about JK already, who's in his final season, and then Metabike, who is as well. I'm gonna go with the Jabo. Um, he didn't have like the best preseason. You saw some things from him at times, um, and then you saw some struggles from him. And I think that it's fair to acknowledge that this will essentially be his rookie year, right? He did not play but one game last year. Um, So he hasn't really gotten his feet wet. That being said, we know that the NFL is not for long. So we know that sometimes the expectations are, uh, they're not fair, but they are what they are, right? And I think that there'll be some unreasonable expectations for Ajabo, uh, particularly because many thought that he was going to be a first round draft pick prior to his Achilles injury. So I'm interested to see how Ajabo steps up um, and plays essentially starting his rookie uh, campaign with the Ravens. Cause again, he didn't play much last year at all, except for the last two games of the season. And so um, I'm excited to see what his rookie campaign will look like. I think that um, this is the perfect game for him to be able to step up and make some plays because, again, as I said earlier, the offensive line of the Texans isn't that great. So this gives you an opportunity to really do some work and to show people your abilities here. Um, so I expect the job when he's put in that situation to do just that, to step up and rise to the occasion. Anybody else you got? Uh, I got one more. I got one more, and that's probably low-hanging fruit, but uh, Roquan Smith, just because the dude's a baller every week and – He's been I, – I could tell he's kind of itching to hit somebody. Um, <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks that he's kind of just been – you could tell it's like you know the season's right around the corner. You're tired of hitting your own guys. Right. Um, it, even in the commander's practices, they, they're not going full out, just, you know, full contact in those practices. So I think he's just ready to kind of go out there and hit somebody and show what he can do in a full offseason with this Ravens defense. And, I mean, he was really good for them last year. My expectations are kind of through the roof for Roquan Smith, and I have no doubt that he'll be able to meet him. I agree with that 110%. It'll be fun to also see what Patrick Queen will do too because apparently he's been fired up even though he's entering the last year of his contract. Um, and, and allegedly he's just like, I'm just going to let it flow and, and play at my highest level um, and see where it goes from there. So that'll be exciting. I'm going to go with punter Jordan Stout. He didn't have the mm. best rookie campaign last year. And as we know, John Harbaugh loves special teams. That is 
what he came from. He was a special teams coordinator. So we know that that is something that is very important to him. You, if you play football, he's going to want you to do that special teams when you first come on the team. So you better learn how to play it. Um, Stout uh, obviously has Sam Cook that is helping him along the way because Sam Cook has been kind of around helping uh, with special teams. So he can learn from one of the best um, in Sam Cook. Um, but last year's campaign was it had its ups, it had its downs. And I'm curious to know um, if he learned anything this offseason that could potentially help him um, play this season, get his punts, you know, deeper punts this season um, and so forth and so on. So I'm excited to see uh, if Jordan Stout is able to excel in year two uh, under the Ravens now that Sam Cook has departed, because as we know, the Ravens love them some special teams. <laughs> so you better find yes, a way to pin somebody back deep or Harbaugh is not going to be happy about that at all. So um, I'll be looking forward to see uh, if Stout has improved from last year. Any last people or, or, or those are our guys of the day? I, I think, I think we'll cap it at three. We'll cap yeah. it at three and, and three you know, we'll, we'll save some of them for, for as the season goes on. Absolutely. So, of course, the game is Sunday, 1 p.m., Houston, Texas. Cordell and I will be recapping the game, of course, here on Winning Drive as soon as the game is over. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you all about the games this season, what we see and how the season is being played out. We want to thank you so much for listening. And we can't wait to talk to you some more. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.